You're listening to a podcast from Spencer Poetry and Performance, a collaboration between the International Spencer Society and Shakespeare's Globe. The conference took place at Shakespeare's Globe on the 12th and 13th of June, 2017. This podcast features a selection of pivot readings from PAL 3, performing materiality on the non-human. The first pivot reading was from Weopotmus. So on a summer's day, when season mild, with gentle calm, the world had quieted, and high in heaven Hyperion's fiery child, ascending, did his beams abroad dispread, whilst all the heavens on lower creatures smiled, young Clarion, with vaunted lusty head, after his guise did cast abroad to fare, and thereto gan his furnitures prepare. His breastplate first, that was of substance pure, before his noble heart he firmly bound, that mort his life from iron death assure, and ward his gentle corpse from cruel wound. For it by art was framed to endure the bit of baleful steel and bitter stound, no less than that which Vulcan made to shield Achilles' life from fate of Trojan field. Lastly, his shiny wings as silver bright, painted with thousand colours, passing far all painter's skill, he did about him dight, not half so many sundry colours are in iris bow, nay heaven doth shine so bright, distinguished with many a twinkling star, nor Juno's bird in her eye-spotted train so many goodly colours doth contain. Nay, may it be without in peril spoken, the archer-god, the son of Scythery, that joys on wretched lovers to be broken, and heaped spoils of bleeding hearts to see, bears in his wings so many a changeful token, Ah, my liege lord, forgive it unto me, if aught against thine honour I have told. Yet sure, those wings were fairer manifold. The second pivot reading was from Book One, Canto Six, stanzas 24 to 26, of the Fairy Queen. For all he taught the tender imp was but to banish cowardice and bastard fear. His trembling hand he would him force to put upon the lion and the rugged bear and from the she-bear's teats her whelps to tear, and eke wild roaring bulls he would him make to tame, and ride their backs not made to bear. And the roebucks in flight to overtake, that every beast for fear of him did fly and quake. And for to make his power approved more, wild beasts in iron yokes he would compel. The spotted panther, and the tusked boar, the pardle swift, and the tiger cruel, the antelope and wolf both fierce and fell, and them constrain in equal team to draw. Such joy he had their stubborn hearts to quell, and sturdy courage tame with dreadful awe, that his behest they feared as tyrant's law. The third pivot reading was from Book Two, Canto Twelve, stanzas twenty-two to twenty-three and twenty-five. Of the Fairy Queen. The waves come rolling, and the billows roar outrageously as they, en- as they enraged were. All wrathful Neptune did them drive before his whirling chariot for exceeding fear. For not one puff of wind there did appear, that all the three thereat what's much afraid, unweeting what such horror strange did rear. Eftsoons they saw a hideous host arrayed of huge sea monsters such as living sense dismayed, most ugly shapes and horrible aspects, such as Dame Nature self most fear to see, or shame that ever should so foul defects 
from her most cunning hand escaped be all dreadful portraits of deformity. Spring-headed hydras and sea-shouldering whales, great whirlpools which all fishers make to flee, bright scolopendres armed with silver scales, mighty monoceruses with immeasured tails. All these and thousands, thousands, many more, and more deformed monsters thousandfold, with dreadful noise and hollow rumbling roar came rushing in the foamy whale waves and rolled, which seemed to fly for fear them to behold. No wonder if these did the night appall, for all that here on earth we dreadful hold, be but as bugs to fear and babes withal, compared to the creatures in the seas enthrall. The fourth pivot reading was from Book 4, Canto 10, stanzas 44 to 47, The Fairy Queen. Great Venus, queen of beauty and of grace, the joy of gods and men that under sky dost fairest shine and most adorn thy place, that with thy smiling look dost pacify the raging seas and makes the storms to fly. Thee, goddess, thee the winds, the clouds do fear, and when thou spreadst thy mantle forth on high, the waters play and pleasant lands appear, and heavens laugh, and all the world shows joyous cheer. Then do the savage beasts begin to play their pleasant frisks, and loathe their wonted food. The lions roar, the tigers loudly bray, the raging bulls rebellow through the wood, and breaking forth dare tempt the deepest flood, to come where thou dost draw them with desire. So all things else that nourish vital blood, soon as with fury thou dost them inspire, in generation seek to quench their inward fire. So all the world by thee at first was made, and daily yet thou dost the same repair. Nay, aught on earth that merry is and glad, nay, aught on earth that lovely is and fair, but thou the same for pleasure didst prepare. Thou art the root of all that joyous is, great God of men and women, Queen of the air, mother of laughter and wellspring of bliss, O grant that of my love at last I may not miss. The fifth pivot reading features selections from a hymn in honour of beauty. Wrapped with the rage of mine own ravished thought, through contemplation of those goodly sights and glorious images in heaven wrought, whose wondrous beauty breathing sweet delights do kindle love in high conceited sprites, I feign to tell the things that I behold but feel my wits to fail and tongue to fold. Beginning then below with the easy view of this base world subject to fleshly eye, from thence to mount aloft by order due to contemplation of the immortal sky, of the sore falcon so I learn to fly, that flags a while her fluttering wings beneath, till she herself the stronger flight can breathe. The sixth pivot reading was Sonnet 75 from Amoretti. One day I wrote her name upon the strand, but came the waves and washed it away. Again I wrote it with a second hand, but came the tide and made my pains his prey. Vain man, said she, that dost in vain essay a mortal thing so to immortalize, for I myself shall like to this decay, and let my name be wiped out likewise. Not so, quod I, let baser things devise, to die in dust, but you shall live by fame. My verse your virtues rare shall eternize, and in the heavens write your glorious name, where when as death shall let the world subdue, our love shall live 
and later life renew. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Spencer Poetry and Performance, a collaboration between the International Spencer Society and Shakespeare's Globe.